Hello, and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I have a very special guest back on the program. We have author and speaker Marsha Headley back on the show, and God has put a message on her heart, and it is so timely, even in my life, especially this week, and so I'm so honored to have her back on the program. Welcome back, Marsha. Thank you, Beth. It's an honor to be on your program. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Well, I am just going to turn you loose right out of the gate and let you share the things God's put on your heart. I'm super excited. Uh, We haven't really discussed a whole lot of it, just a tiny bit, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say today. Thank you. I want to talk today to your audience about when God changes your, your road. There are times in our lives that suddenly we realize that we are coming to the end of a road and it is sometimes very jolting. Usually it is. It's often, it often takes us by surprise. I think of a picture I saw on the wall of an AT&T store. It said a turn in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. Because you see, every road either turns, connects to another road, or comes to an end. And so staying on God's road for us is what life is really all about. I love the scripture that I've shared before on this program, and that's from Galatians 5.25, which says, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Staying on God's road for you is what life is all about. You know, Beth, God's will is not always an easy journey. Whether it's a move or a job change, a disaster like Hurricane Ida, it might be the death of someone that you really love, a divorce, or the pain of seeing someone you love walk away from God. And all of those are difficult journeys. When life is hard, it's often easy for us to feel we're out of the will of God or that somehow we got off of God's favorite list. I know I've kind of felt that way before. But as my friend Mark Brzee says in his book, The Guide Inside, we cannot afford to measure God's will by how difficult a path is or isn't. In fact, 1 Corinthians 16.9 says, For a great and effectual door has opened for me, and there are many adversaries. Not always, but sometimes when the path is hard, it's more God's will than ever. After all, if how easy a path is determines God's will, then the Apostle Paul spent his life and ministry out of God's will. Isn't that good, Beth? (laughs) Yes, that's so good. I have felt that way before, that, Lord, what happened? Did I miss you somewhere? But even when we're in difficult times, there are still confirmations that God can give us that we're on the right road. And I think that will help us. If you're on a difficult road right now, seek the Lord 
and say, Lord, have I missed a turn? Is there something that I overlooked? But keep your eye on the Lord and keep your eye on the prize because I love what Joyce Meyer said. She was being very hesitant about moving forward. And the Lord said, Joyce, what are you doing? Why are you not moving forward in this? And she said, Lord, I'm afraid I'm going to miss you. And the Lord said, you don't have to worry. If you miss me, I know where to find you. And God knows where to find us. <laughs> yeah. But Bruce and I pastored for uh, 30 years, actually. Um, two years of those were as youth pastors, and then the other 28 were as lead pastors. But during the course of our ministry, we've experienced God's directives. Sometimes they were vague, you know, like the still small voice. But other times they were big and in living color. It might have been a dream, a a confirmation from someone who knew nothing to the clear word of a prophet. I remember in the early part of our ministry, in fact, the probably the first three locations we went to, maybe even four, we had just a few confirmations and directives from the Lord. Sometimes it would be just a confirmation in our heart that had a few coincidences, so to speak, that were added into that. But as it seems like the longer Bruce and I have been in ministry, the more that we are able to read the Lord's directions to us and to see his hand and to hear his voice. I think that's how it should be for all of us, that the more we walk with the Lord, the easier it is to hear his voice and follow his plan. So when Bruce and I, we youth pastored in Alaska, and then we moved to New Orleans, then to Dothan, Alabama, which was where our first pastor was, then Lake Charles, then Birmingham, and then Lafayette, Louisiana. And while we were in Lafayette, after we had been there for 10 years, the Lord, I always depended on Bruce to hear from the Lord. I would pray, but I always depended on Bruce. But we had been in Lafayette for 10 years, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to hear from you. If you're going to move us, I don't want to just go by a piece in my heart. I've got to have a word from you. I don't just want one word. I want a bunch of words (laughs) because we had really settled in in Lafayette, And our ministry had become fruitful there. And it was very difficult at leaving. And the Lord began to, first of all, gave us an alert through a letter we received. When we received the letter, Bruce tossed it in the trash. And I said, Bruce, get that letter out of the trash just as soon as we don't pray about that. That's where God will send us. (laughs) <laughs> and so we prayed about it, but after 40 God evidences, we knew we were to move. Oh, I mean, Beth, it was so clear. I mean, it started out just a little a little blip here and there, and then full-blown things. I, I remember one time I told Bruce, I said, why would God move us? 
in the midst of the great revival that we are experiencing here. I was I was very angry at the Lord and at Bruce. And uh, the next day was Sunday, and there was a lady that had never been to our church before. We had never seen her. And she, when Bruce went back to greet her, he, that's what he always did, regardless of the size of our church. He would look for people he didn't hadn't seen before. And when he went to greet her, and she said, I want you to know I'm not here just for a visit. I'm here because God sent me with a word for you. And she told him, she said, there was a question asked yesterday, and I am here to give you that answer. She said, God took Philip out of a great revival and put him in the desert to speak to one Ethiopian eunuch. And she said, that's all God has given me, and I'm going to stop right there. But she said, this is the word from the Lord. So we had some amazing things from um, things like that. And we had a couple of other very prophetic words that were given to us. And uh, we just couldn't look past it. So we ended up moving to Wisconsin, and we were there for seven years Because of all of those amazing words that we received, it was so hard for us to believe that we were being forced to leave Wisconsin by a district leadership person that um, put a great deal of pressure, in fact, um, forced us to leave. Um, Just... There were no accusations against us, nothing illegal, nothing immoral, nothing unethical, nothing unbiblical, nothing unkind, unfair, or unscrupulous we had done. This person just got it in their mind that we were not to be at that church. And so, um, anyway, we suffered a great injustice to our finances our reputation, our employment, and our ministry. Bruce and I were both. Uh, Bruce was the lead pastor. I was the fine arts pastor, the music pastor. But um, it was a very wounding time. And the Lord spoke to Bruce and he said, are you going to practice what you've preached all these years? And he said, what is that, Lord? He said, submission to authority. And he said, If this is what you desire, Lord, I will do it. And so we humbled ourselves under the mighty hand of God, just as the Bible says Jesus did. And we chose to walk out and not try to make a case for ourselves. But I don't want to give any more details, Beth, because it might reopen the wounds and the hearts of good people, because so many people loved us and were wounded. And we have chosen to forgive, and we know God wants all of us, his children, to do the same. Mm -hmm. So even in the midst of difficult and unfair circumstances, God can still work on our behalf. Sometimes God actually allows difficulties, even unfair circumstances, to get us where he wants us to be. Let's think about Jesus. He suffered great 
persecution and mistreatment, but the place that God wanted Jesus was the cross for our salvation. And think of Paul the Apostle that went through much persecution, but God allowed it so he was able to speak to the kings and and the people in high authority that God said he was going to send Paul to. And it was actually through those persecutions that Paul ended up being on the major platforms that God had prepared for him. So when we left Wisconsin, the Lord and, you know, we began to calculate or recount what had occurred. And I want to share things that God did that showed us that God was moving us. Some of these are prophetic, and that's why I felt like it would be important to share this on your program. We were visiting a dear saint of the Lord, a lady that had been in ministry, she and her husband, who had served on our staff, and she was dealing with dementia and physical issues. We went to pray for her, and when she spoke to us, she began to quote from Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. And it was just out of the place, and conversationally, it didn't fit. Bruce and I looked at one another, because we knew that scripture had always been a directive to us when God was taking us to a different place. And then during that time, God gave me a sermon. It was called Wounded But Made Whole. And God woke me up in the middle of the night and gave me this amazing sermon that was from the saints of Jesus on the cross. And the Lord told me, because I was speaking to women who had been wounded, and the Lord said, this sermon is going to help these women to find wholeness. But before I ever shared that sermon, Beth, we had already had to make a decision that we would be leaving the church. And then I had a staff member that came to me, one dear, sweet, sweet girl that was the wife of one of our staff members. And she shared with me a dream that she had was that was so concerning. And she said, in my dream, you and pastor were leaving the church. She said, we were staying behind, but you were leaving. And that was before we knew anything. And it it was like, it was shocking. And I said, Rachel, we're just going to pray about that dream. Because I didn't know what to say. But God knew. And then the Lord gave me a word that I was not to restart the choir. We always took a summer break. And the Lord gave me such a very clear word that I was not to restart the choir in the fall. So I had a choir party. I brought everybody together and I said, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and to vote. Because I said, this is what the Lord told me, but you are part of this choir and I want your decision to be part of this. So I asked the choir to make the decision And they voted to go with the word that I felt like the Lord had given me. 
Mm-hmm. And it was the strangest thing. I, I had been a fine arts pastor, the music pastor in all of our churches. I had never had anything like that happen. And then the last night of our ministry at this church, there was a youth pastor. We were standing in the outside foyer, the little foyer before you left the church. And there was a youth pastor from a church across town that came over. And he he came in the church and he looked at Bruce and he said, Pastor Bruce, he said, the Lord told me to come and give a word to the man that I saw that was out. We had had a chili supper that night and Bruce was taking the trash out and this youth pastor saw him, but he didn't know who Bruce was. And he walked in and he realized it was Bruce. And he had a word for Bruce. He said, I don't know what's happened, but God said he's going to restore to you everything you've lost and that he is going to be faithful and that he has his hand on you, that you are not to worry. And this youth pastor went on to tell how meaningful our ministry, Bruce's ministry, had been to him. Even though Bruce was not his pastor, he had watched Bruce for a number of years from afar and had been greatly impacted by his, just the, the person that Bruce was, the, the honor that he tried to show to others and the life of integrity that he had tried to live. So we had that. And so then we had this situation where I was opening one of my journals, Beth. And in that journal, this was about two weeks after we left the church, I was actually going to be counseling a young couple, a marriage couple. And I opened this journal, and there was a word we had been given while we were ministering in England. It was a word neither of us understood, but a man had given us a prophetic word, and he he told us, he said, God said to tell you, You're going to be going out and coming in, going out and coming in. And he said, God is going to make your ministry very fruitful. And he said, the Lord is going to use you in great ways. We had forgotten about that word because it did not fit the place we were. We didn't go out and come in and go out and come in. This man also gave a scripture reference. And it perfectly fit the new opportunity that God gave Bruce a convoy of hope. So when our roads seem to not be working together, it's important to look to God and see what God is saying. God kept speaking to you guys through all of these prophetic words, even words you had written down from before. Yes. Supernatural communications. So the Lord gave you a lot of confirmation about when this road ends. And that was so helpful, Beth, because when you feel abused and mistreated, just knowing you're on God's road gives you peace. And I really believe that's how the Apostle Paul felt, even though he was in sitting in a jail cell as he wrote the Philippian church, he said, but all of these things have happened for good. 
And that's what we have to look at. What is God doing to work for good? And so now I want to tell you another piece of the story. And that is, as I looked back, I remembered God spoke a very clear word when we were in Wisconsin shortly before our road turned. And the Lord so clearly told me, he said, I have called you to write. And it was shocking because I didn't like to write. I never wanted to write. <laughs> My dad had, had uh, prophetically given me a word. He always felt that I was a, just a very talented writer. Even before God spoke to him prophetically, he would encourage me to write. And I, I never liked to write. So anyway, it was funny, but God spoke such a clear word. And I said, Lord, if that is you, if you have called me to write, you're going to have to show me where I'm going to get the time. Because I had absolutely no time. I just, I would get up in the morning and start the work process. And I would go to bed in the work process. There was very little time when I was not absorbed mentally with the work that God had called us to do there. So then when we moved to Springfield to work for Convoy of Hope, I had forgotten about that word. And the Lord told me, one day I was complaining to him, I said, Lord, you have taken away all my opportunities to speak, to sing, to play instruments. And I was really having a pity party, Beth. And clear, (laughs) clear as a bell, the Lord said, I have given you the gift of time. Because that's what I had told the Lord. If this is you. You're going to have to give me time. He said, I have given you the gift of time. And then he began to speak some more. He said, Paul the Apostle wrote a third of the New Testament because I gave him the gift of time also. And he shared how that had Paul not been in those jail cells, that many in those places of imprisonment, many of the epistles that he wrote would never have been written. And so when God gives us an assignment, God will help us to begin to see, even though at first, Beth, I did not see that was God's plan. But God has so clearly underscored that in my life. And I have found a joy in writing that I never thought possible. I'm going to just share three things before we go. Maybe maybe the Lord will have me share one more, but there are three things that I really believe that we must do when we desire to know God's will in a situation. And that is to speak three different sentences found in the Word of God. One was by Samuel. And he said, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And one of the ways you can do that is by, of course, verbalizing it and then putting a tablet beside your bed. Because the Bible says in Psalm 16, 7, that God will counsel our reins in the night. And so God will counsel our heart. So that's one of the ways we can hear from God. Another way is 
what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, here am I, Lord, send me. I remember when the Lord sent us to Wisconsin, I said, Lord, why did you do this? And the Lord showed me a prayer. I had been praying every every service and probably every time I would pray. I would say, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And the Lord said, I simply took you up on your offer. And so when we say, here am I, Lord, send me and mean it with our hearts, God will do that. And the last one is in Luke 1, where Mary said, be it unto me according to thy will. When the Lord spoke that to Bruce, are you going to do what you've been preaching all these years? Then that's what Bruce did. He said, yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you, if this is the path you have for us, even though it's unfair and unjust, we'll walk it out. And the Lord told Bruce, he said, I will not hold you accountable for the fallout of this man's decision. And that was a great comfort to us. And so when we say, Lord, whatever your will is, as Jesus said in the garden, you know, before Jesus ever said that, his mother Mary did that, be it unto me according to thy will. And Jesus said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. And there are times in our lives when we are put between a rock and a hard place and we have to say, Lord, your will be done. But God wants us to know his voice, Beth, and it is something we can take to the bank, so to speak. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. He wants us to hear his voice. And so if you are in a place of indecision or asking God what it is that he wants you to do, if you can see one road is ending and you have to make a decision, then just lay all of this before God, just as we did, and God will confirm his plan and his path, and he will give you peace. The Bible says they shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Amen. So praise God. What a powerful word. Yes, I can totally relate to times when you feel like you've been blindsided with a situation or an issue and it forces you to make a decision. We had that happen one time with uh, changing churches and one time with moving, and it's difficult to navigate that. But just like you said, getting with the with the Lord, praying, pray about it, being able to hear from the Lord, and we do that by getting in His Word and all of the points that you brought out. And I also believe that God is so good that He'll He'll communicate with us. He'll give us words, or He'll give us people to come and encourage us, or or you know confirm what God's already speaking to our heart. That's so powerful. Well, I want to just conclude this with sharing a dream with you that I had about three weeks ago. I woke up. In my dream, I was preaching on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And I was saying that verse so succinctly. I was saying, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
They are for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And then in that dream, I was explaining to people how that regardless of what trial you've gone through, what injustice you've gone through, what situation that you have not understood, that God does not mean it for evil. And the Lord spoke Romans 8.28 as the conclusion of that sermon, that God works all things, that he has a good plan, even though it doesn't look good at times, God is working all things for our good. If we will submit our will to him and seek his face continually, God will bring it to pass. Amen. And I can testify to that. I I can definitely say that even though I've been put in situations where I didn't know what was going to happen, God has always worked it out for my good and for my benefit. Amen. Because he's faithful. Yes, he is. Yes, and it makes me think of a scripture. Psalms 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I really do believe that the Lord is concerned with every detail of our life, uh, the direction of our life, everything that we do. We just need to go to him in prayer and seek his direction. And he is so gracious to answer us and to give us that. Amen. And that scripture for those that need the reference is found in Psalm 3723. And the NLT says that just like you said it, Pap. So So good. Thank you so much. This is such a timely word. I know with COVID and the pandemic and all of the things going on in our world, there's been a lot of people their work life or their church life has sort of been uprooted and changed and and we're in such a season of transition this is such a timely word thank you so much god bless you beth thank you thank you for listening to today's podcast Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.